Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Just like that, the final hours here. OutKick 360 Wednesday edition. 6th and Peabody, our location. Yeehaw beer, old smoky moonshine. Glad you're with us. If you're listening to this great radio station or... If you're watching across the Outkick Network, streaming live at Outkick.com, we hope you'll share the link and spread the word. Outkick Network, you can find us 2 to 5 Central, 3 to 6 Eastern daily to broadcast live from Nashville, talking all things NFL, SEC, Power 5, and more. Josh Booty's about to join us, former LSU quarterback and uh, NFL and Major League Baseball player, and um, the uncle of General Booty. That's right. And Josh Booty played football, played baseball, played in some cold weather. I've got a coach and coach pitch tonight in some 30-degree temps in oh. our fall ball uh, tournament. And in a single elimination tournament, our first game is tonight. And I'm getting all sorts of pointers from other dads that have had to pitch in cold weather this week because the last couple nights in Nashville, it's dipped down around freezing each night. Yeah. And, uh, Can you wear a batting glove? Is that illegal? I, I don't think that I would do well with the batting glove. I need to feel the ball in some way. I mean, hands going to be freezing. But my method is I'm going to dress somewhat warm, and I'm going to move around a lot. <laughs> I'm going to do this with my hands right here. Paul, you see what I'm doing? Yep, rubbing them yep, together. Yep. Friction. I'm going <laughs> to blow in my hands. hands. That sounds good. On I'm going to do that before telling. Do that before every pitch, and then I'm going to go. Then it's time to go. It is hard, though, when yeah. you're looking in the eyes of a 7-year-old girl and they say that they're freezing and they want to be done or come to the dugout, and you two are freezing, it's hard to be like, you know what? Toughen, Toughen up. up. <laughs> and you think your it's girls... It's cold out here. We're all, that's what I say. It's all, everybody's cold. Your parents are cold. The other team is cold. We're all cold. Let's try to get through this together. Short answer. You think your girls are going to respond to this how? It's been a two-and-a-half-week two layoff. We, the, we're 0-2 against the team we're playing tonight. Both losses are pretty close. One of the better teams in the, in the league... It's going to be tough, Paul. It's going to be tough. We stand with you. We are, Our batting has gone in the wrong trajectory. Uh, so that's not a good sign. We were really good in the middle of the season. We've fallen off batting. Fielding's gotten a lot better. We're, we're good in the field now, but batting, not good. In the fielding sense, you're unlike the actual Red Sox. In the hitting sense, you are. Former LSU quarterback Josh Booty uh, joins the show. Yeah, you got any uh, pitching or uh, cold weather advice for <laughs> hey, Chad? Josh? I've got I got a coach pitch to some seven and eight year old girls in softball tonight in thirty degree temps, and I'm getting oh, tips boy. on keeping the hand warm <laughs> and making sure I can good stay luck. accurate. <laughs> yeah, good luck, man. We're maybe get some of those uh, True Value hardware uh, winter gloves for the girls. Make sure they got a couple batting gloves on a piece or something. I mean that's. That's crazy stuff, man, to be that cold playing baseball. I I did the minor league thing. I did I played up in like Beloit, Wisconsin in the in A ball when it was like seven degrees outside and it was the worst experience of my life. But hey, if you get the W, 
then you know it'll all it'll all be great tonight at the end of the night. I like the intimidation factor of giving them some big old work gloves to go to the plate with. It's like girls, we were punching the clock <laughs> to work. Like big construction workers coming up there with huge tan uh, construction work gloves on. Exactly. I, I love it. That's what we're gonna do. Josh Booty, our guest. Josh, I want to get to college and in, in, in briefly, uh, but because of the two sport athleticism that you have uh, with football and baseball, this time of year. You have to choose one. It's Thursday night. Are you watching the NFL or Major League Baseball? Man, it's the NFL. I, I hate to say it, but I love the football, man. I, I you know, I, I played baseball early on in my career, but I went back to play football because I just loved it. And one of the things, you know, I love both sports. I really do and have great relationships with a lot of people in both sports. But, but you know, in the locker room, and this is, this is funny, you guys will appreciate this, but uh, football guys don't really care about baseball. And then when you're in a baseball locker room, everybody cares and wants oh. to bet on the games, talk about college ball, talk about the NFL, play fantasy league. So every baseball player is into football. Football guys don't even know baseball is going on. You know, I love baseball, so I enjoyed it. But in this time of year, it's the best, the very best. But uh, until this time of year happens, no, you know, I think there's a there's a whole lot of people that don't focus on baseball until this time of year. And this is when it gets fun. Josh Booty, our guest, former LSU quarterback. Um, uh, we'll start here with Tennessee. What, what you saw from Alabama and what you saw them do to LSU. Yeah. What do you make of the Vols and... How far can they go? Yeah, I think they're they're an efficient ball club on offense. I mean, we know they're setting all kind of records, especially for themselves and and what they've done early on in the league and league play and putting up points and what Hendon Hooker's been able to get accomplished. It's like they don't they never shoot themselves in the foot. They don't turn the ball over. They're they're efficient. When I talk about mo- a complete team, uh, they. They run the ball enough. They're balanced. They they complete a lot of balls. He hits some big plays. It's not, you know, a do-or-die offense. I love that. I think that holds up, you know, in a, in a long season, and it has so far. I think, you know, in a couple of weeks, of course, they play Georgia, and that's going to be a monster ball game in Athens. And, and Georgia's defense presents probably a lot more problems than Alabama's defense, especially in the back end of the defense. Alabama let a lot, a lot of stuff happen that Saban usually doesn't let happen. So I think that's kind of going to be the difference in the game is – is Alabama has a great quarterback, a great running back in Gibbs, but Georgia's a little bit more complete as an entire team and especially a team defense. But Alabama's going to be probably better from here on out because of that game on defense, and now they're going to pay attention to every little thing that, that Saban's telling them and the defense coordinator's telling them to get to where they need to get. But Tennessee played amazing, and they they beat our brains out. It, it wasn't even close. And I, and I didn't know that they were that good. I had talked to T. Martin a month ago, and he said, we've got some holes like at every level on the defense. Well, I'm not real sure that we're going to hold up in the big, big games, and I hope we do because we got athletes, but they, you know, some inexperience and some guys that transferred and left. And he goes, I just hold, hope we hold up on defense because our offense is going to be splendid. And and they were able to do that. They gave up a lot of points, of course, but uh, in the end, they did what they had to do. And that last possession really held Alabama to have to kick that long field goal. And and we see what happens. You know, they he misses it right, and then Hendon goes down, steps into a couple of throws, and makes some great plays at the end of the ball game to win. You certainly know what it's like to beat Bama in the "It's About Time" game. <laughs> um, I mean, what? When you see the celebration on the field, do you think about 2000 and what that meant for LSU? Yeah, it was a, a lot of the same, a lot of 
uh, fans with a lot of heart heartbreak leading up to that that game. Uh, I think we we hadn't won at home in 32 years, and of course every other year we play them at home. So it had been a long time and a big drought, much like Tennessee's 15 game drought or whatever it was leading into the ball game. And you know, there's been some awesome games in Baton Rouge. There was one in '97 when we beat Florida. Number they were number one, and Spurrier came in and and you know the it's uh, you know the big the night the goalpost went down, exactly like what happened at Neyland Stadium where they're carried it up over the stadium and you know out of the stands through the corridors of the stadium to the to the river you know I mean that kind of stuff and that's I think that's what's so amazing about college football you don't get that in the NFL I love the brand of football in the NFL how good the players are and this and the strategy and and the sophistication of an NFL game but I'm telling you there's nothing like college football on Saturday nights and and Tennessee is right where they want to be and they just got to play this thing out but they've got a real opportunity this year to to do something special and they've got great leaders and Heifel's a great coach so I'm excited for them but that the, the Saturday night that we had in Tiger Stadium uh, when we beat Bama of course wasn't probably near as good as the one that Tennessee had because we weren't undefeated and Bama wasn't number one and so, so you know that was an awesome, uh, I guess, monkey to get off our back. But uh, but what Tennessee did was super special. When Alabama's Quindarius Robinson uh, muffed the punt in the game, and Nick Saban yeah. was going ballistic, you know, screaming, <laughs> "What are you doing? What the bleep are you doing?" I thought about every past Nick Saban player that's probably had that that outburst directed at them. Yeah. Uh, you played for a Nick Saban that has often been described as much more edgy than Nick Saban now. He's softened over the years, is what players have said when they come back and watch him coach now. What was early Nick Saban at LSU like being quarterback for him? Well, you know, everybody knows he's demanding and he wants to get the most out of his guys. And we all appreciate that. And we work hard and we work smart. That's one thing that I thought that we did better than – pre-Saban at, at LSU is we just work smart, but, you know, every little thing matters. You know, it's like your football IQ, your intelligence, your effort, your enthusiasm, like he see, he reads into all of it. He, and he, and, you know, coaches every player different because everybody has different things that they're good at or bad at, or maybe the background of the player or, you know, their family home life. I mean, there's, he, he's so good at putting all that together and coming up with an amazing product on on Saturdays, right? And and I think that's what he does well is he gets everybody excited to play, uh, and knowing that this 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 next drive or this next down or that's one thing he told me is like I wanted to try to go out and, and show everybody that I could win a Heisman. I mean, every quarterback in America wants to do that at big schools, but he's like it doesn't happen all at once. It's like Rome wasn't building a day. You got to make a good decision on first down. Then let's talk about second down. And I think that's what has made Brady so well, you know, the GOAT uh, so well in playing in the NFL is he like takes one play at a time. And, but Saban preached that to to me. And I know he'd done a, a, a lot of other things for other players. So I was appreciative of how hard he coached me. And I'd still work out kind of thinking with him in the back of my mind, you know, yelling at me or doing something to motivate us. And I think that was that was uh, that was a big part of my life. Just one year I had with Saban, probably uh, the experiences, uh, you know, or things that I think about more than any other one year of my life and in, in playing football is just because how how heads up he is how hard he is to play for, but we felt like we were entitled. Like we should win the game. We worked harder than the other team. There's no way they worked harder or smarter. And so 
I don't care if I get yelled at because I feel like I want to get coached and I want to get better. And I think that's what the players that go to Bama know. He's a tough one. And he's getting a little easier because he's getting older and his energy level's probably down. You know, and he hadn't won any championships when he coached me. But by God, it was it was tough in the beginning because he was wanting to win that first one. He got it there at LSU a couple of years after I left. Uh, would have loved to play for him longer. Well, something jumped out to me, you know, in this Monday press conference. You were talking about the enthusiasm knowing that how, to, how to get the team excited to play and all of that. One thing you brought up was before the Tennessee game that his team normally chants in the tunnel right as they're about to run out, and they were all silent, kind of looking around the stadium. And he said, I walked up to them and said, God, why are we not chanting? Let's go. Let's, you know, come on. Yeah. Do what you always do. And he, he repeated that and said, I knew something was up with our – what something was going on mentally before well, the game when that happened. Yeah. Do you have a recollection of Saban – noticing <laughs> details like that before a game and oh, how you guys God, run got, through a tunnel and get ready for a game? He notices everything, man. I mean, how many pimples you got on your face. I mean, it's crazy how he even keeps up with this stuff. And, you know, he does it differently. There's great coaches like Pete Carroll. My brother played SC. He does it differently. He he's There's a lot of love, a lot of slaps on the butt. You know, here we go, baby. A lot of positives. Saban will get after your butt. Like, I promise you, he was in that tunnel getting after their butt or thinking – what should I say to these guys to motivate them to get them to be just like they were the week before because we won the week before or that's how we do it, you know? And like you said, I think for those players, it was probably such a spectacle at Neyland Stadium, you know, that it was so it was, it was such a big environment that those guys were probably taking it all in and forgot to get fired up and do their normal little chants or whatever in the tunnel. And and I, I probably would be like that too. This is this is what football is all about, soaking it up. You know, it's like when the Star Spangled Banners get played and you're on the sideline. It's almost like, it's, you know, you take a deep breath and enjoy it because it's like this is unbelievable where I'm at right now. I've worked to get right here. And, I, you know, so so you got to give, give a little bit of something to the players because they're probably going through stuff that they've never gone through at that type, you know, at that height or that level of, uh, I guess, uh, uh, you know, uh, pageantry around the stadium that night or that that afternoon. How did your nephew, who uh, plays quarterback <laughs> at Oklahoma, come to be named General Booty? <laughs> well, Abram, my my brother that uh, that uh, named him, um, his son, uh, he was a military. He, he loved Army guys and stuff when we were young. He goes and made, we all knew Major Applewhite, Louisiana, and some of these other guys that were kind of military names. And Abram's like, dude, I'm a name General General and. We're like, you sure about that, man? And he's like, yeah, my name in general. So, hey, yeah, Abram played with me at LSU. He's a great wide receiver, but he just had, he just wanted to name him general. And, you know, it's, it's stuck. Of course, the media runs with it and it's a, it's a great name. You know, it's going to be, he's got to be good at something if you're named General Booty. So you better bring it. You know, that's what we told him all growing up is, man, you better bring it. He goes, well, that's what I want to do. You know, and now he's got the opportunity to play college, really, you know, good quality college football at Oklahoma and be with Jeff Lebby and and get coached and he's just a good kid who wants to make a name for himself but he you know he didn't name himself he he's had to live with it but he likes it he likes it well I mean the reaction to college game day having fun with it had to be awesome I mean you've got everyone (laughs) even Reese Davis is making booty jokes Uh, I mean that was epic yeah I I saw that at the Texas game um you know, it's just it's it's exciting for him to actually be there in that arena too, like these other kids in the tunnel at Alabama. It's like 
you know, it's fun to be in the Red River shootout game and him to be, you know, on the on the TV. We didn't get the chance to go. I live in South Florida and I didn't make that game. And But it was fun to see that that stuff's starting to happen. I can only imagine if he does get to play one day and he does play well, um, you know, the, the media will be able to run with that. And that can only help him, you know, in terms of just coverage and, and people, you know, kind of wait to see what's happening next with general. Josh Booty, our guest, how are you judging LSU this year? Um, it's odd that the over-under preseason, we were discussing this as a topic. It's weird to see LSU where the bar was around seven wins. And right mm-hmm. now they can do better than that. And here comes a, an unbeaten Ole Miss team to town where we're trying to figure out how good the Rebels are because they haven't really played the caliber of schedule that they're about to in this gauntlet to finish. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're play, they've, played, they've played well at times, really well at times, and really poorly at times. And I think consistency is what uh, Brian Kelly's trying to get uh, inculcated into that locker room. It's like, okay, guys, we have talent. LSU is always going to have good talent. Like we might not have supreme talent this year. We we played, I think, the bowl game last year with thirty nine scholarship athletes, and so we've got to we're going to have to do a good job recruiting. The cupboard was a little empty, but like like our wide receiver group is is fantastic. But they weren't in the game plan the first five or six weeks of the season until last week against Florida, and and you could tell those guys were down. Y'all probably saw the Florida State game to start the year. Yes. It looked like. They were already out of it before the first series of the game. It looked like they weren't into the offense. They didn't feel or believe that they were going to have a lot to do with the outcome of the game, and and they didn't until the final drive. And I think that was the hump that that Brian Kelly's had to deal with is like trying to get Jaden Daniels up to speed with how they want to call plays for, with him reading a defense, going through his progressions. It looked good against Florida. Florida played a bad game defensively, but a lot of it had to do with our athletes too, I think, and. And so I think we need to create a little balance on offense. He needs to – Jaden played really wonderfully last week. That was his best game by far. He threw for 340, you know, rushed for three touchdowns, two threw for three touchdowns. I mean, it, he's an elusive guy, but a lot of times he gets his eyes down and wants to run. And, like, a guy like Hendon Hooker looks for the open guy. And then if it's not there, then you run at the last second. You don't you don't escape the, the rush just because you can run – and now you abandon the, the pass game. And I think that's what he was doing was abandoning the pass game early. And that's why the receivers were were frustrated and and rightly so. I think if if he'll just go through his progressions, understand, you know, uh, you know, where the safeties are at, where the corners are at, take what they give you. If he starts to do that, we're gonna be a lot better team than I thought we would be, knowing what what I knew at the beginning of the season and then knowing what I know now. I think we could be a pretty good team and we're gonna give Ole Miss fits if he plays like that. And Ole Miss, we know they can score points, so it could be one of those shootouts. Josh Booty, our guest, uh, tell us about the the social challenge at Bula uh, that you uh, have created as a part owner. Uh, and the concept's cool because what you're doing, the social media apps don't necessarily let you go as far as some of the trash talk that you guys allow. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun. I appreciate you guys asking me and having me on to talk about it. Um, you know, Bula is the name of the app, and you can download it on the App Store, Bula Challenge. And we're the first ever social challenge platform with a verdict on the blockchain. So if you think like TikTok with a verdict, and, and it's a call to action app, and we think the next big thing in social has got to be something that takes you to the future. Because right now, like if we're all at the Tennessee Bama game, we take a picture in the suite, we post it, it's already happened. And that content is king, but, and everybody wants to see it, like, like, 
TikTok has 80 year old ladies doing dance offs. I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome. But at the same time, there's, there's gotta be something that's next in social. We feel like this can kind of take you from present to future instead of past to present in terms of content and the way things are seen on, on social. So we're trying to create that by bringing in dares, wagers, challenges, and then putting it on the blockchain and memorializing it in a blank canvas type of uh, atmosphere to where everybody can be like dude perfect, a trick shot artist or jackass and do some crazy stuff or a handicapper. So I could I could bula you on anything. It could be video games or I bet you can't get the girl's number at the bar for a drink. It could be absolutely anything. And then everybody can see it. Then they can piggyback, piggyback some of those bets and, and or bulas is what we're calling it. And uh, have fun with it. So there's a viral component to it. And there'll be tokenization and wallet functionalities and all this stuff involved in 2023. But right now, it's the Disney version of, of gambling. It's, it's the Bula app. B-U-L-A, uh, as you hear that, Bula, B-U-L-A. Um, and I'm, I'm sure that people can do this for some fundraising, too, which I was reading about. You know, you can do some, some cool things for fundraising, then actually pay off the bet there, too. I, I like the concept exactly. of it, man. It's a, cool. it's a good Thank idea. Um, Thank you, brother. We're excited. Where are you? Uh, you? You say you're in Florida now. Well, I live in Miami, but I'm. I'm we've got an event Friday night at old at the Old Miss LSU game in Fred's Bar uh, in Tigerland, and it's an iconic space there in Baton Rouge. So I'm I'm actually in New Orleans. I just flew in an hour ago. I'm at this beautiful old hotel room that you see in my background in, in the French Quarter. So uh, I saw I'm some in New Florida Orleans behind yeah. you. So I thought you might be yeah, in Louisiana. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Either that or your like grandmother's like house. Yeah, <laughs> one of the two. So, hey. Yeah, man. I'm in Louisiana till uh, till Monday. I, I can't wait for this showdown with Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin. My, my man Lane Kiffin comes into Tiger Stadium. What's he going to do with that? You're a week late. Enjoy. You had uh, you had Burrow and Chase there last week at the Dome. Yeah, that's you know? right. And that's put, right. Put it on a show. Out. Yeah. Hey, man. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for uh, taking the time with us. Really cool of you. And uh, best of luck with the app. We'll continue the football conversation with you at some point, I'm sure, down the road. Thank you guys so much, man. I really enjoyed being with you guys. Thanks a lot. Y'all have a great rest Thank of the you. week. Yeah, you Thanks, too. You this too. Josh Booty. Quarterback. Baseball player. And, fun guy. Uh, Seems yeah. like he'd be fun to hang out with in New Orleans. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, but luckily, he took the time before hitting New Orleans yeah. to yeah. join us Thank there. Think he flew no, he and got to his hotel and then joined us. took the time after right. hitting New Orleans. <laughs> That's right. Um, hit us up on uh, Twitter Instagram, Facebook, at Outkick360. Coming up, SEC News and Notes, and we'll start with Jermaine Burton, what happened on the field right after the kick was good for the Alabama wide receiver, what Nick Saban has said about his receiver, uh, what we have seen Commissioner Sankey say. All of that and more straight ahead on Outkick360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. The Phillies lead the Padres 4-2, to two, but the Padres have quickly made this a game. It's only bottom second. Josh Bell, the second to go yard. Josh Bell is my buddy. 
Handed you a baseball in Pittsburgh. Threw me a baseball, which I made a nice play on. Kind of an extended handoff. It no. wasn't. Was it a long throw? Were ten rows. It was a toss. Deep. Yeah. It, it felt like it was just like right there. Like he was just his arm was so. That's how I make it feel. The way I catch, the way no, I catch. It, it felt close because we were literally the only people there <laughs> in that the day. stadium in Cincinnati. We survived what a two-hour rain delay on like a Thursday afternoon game. Yep. Big day. That's Pirates, how we do it. Reds. What a the game. big disappointment there is that you can't get the damn chili without a dog. <laughs> oh, that's Cincinnati's right. yeah. ballpark, Great yeah. American ballpark. Is a we'll keep you updated on the score. Game two, Phillies already lead one. Oh, Nightcap, the, the big game, obviously, today. Oh, here's Nola versus Nola, Paul. This is very cool. Ready? Here brother we go. Brother pitching Aaron to Nola his brother. versus his brother, Nola. So Austin Nola. Who's the older of the two? Do we know? It's got to be Aaron. I would, it's I would the think. first brother-brother combination in postseason history. This is It's impressive. amazing how often in baseball there's stuff that you've never seen before considering the length of the history of the game. Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. That's where you'll see the poll that we're about to post uh, with Jermaine Burton and what happened post-game for Tennessee and Alabama, wide receiver for Alabama, um, striking a female, clear on the cell phone video. Trey Wallace uh, tracked her down. She confirmed it was indeed her that was on that video with Jermaine Burton as Burton was walking off the field. The TikTok's been made private. But yeah, but you can see it at, at Outkick and Trey's story based on what I read this morning. Are you saying since this morning? Yes. Okay. I looked at his story and the, and the TikTok's private. There's a secondary uh, Twitter thing, but you can't really tell what's happening. And there's other, you know, there's another video of the, you know, the cell phone up in the face from another guy who's on the field where Burton's walking by him, clearly frustrated. And the, the reaction has been poor. Very, mi- very mixed. The defense very mixed. of, of uh, say, uh, the defense of him doing this to her, like she shouldn't be on the field, she deserves it, is, uh, it, there's way too much of it, and it's preposterous. Right. Women, man, whoever is getting hit by him in this fashion, it's completely inappropriate. Completely inappropriate. And anybody that's saying she deserved it, I mean, just think in this day and age of she deserved it in any context of a woman being hit. It's primitive. Right, yeah. And, and in this case, this is exactly the scene and the reaction that all of the administrators at every college and commissioners across college sports are pointing to, to avoid as a, rushing the we don't want you know anything to happen that would put anyone... In, in the harm's way. Their safety is of the utmost importance. And that, I think we look at it from the the fan base storming the field and carrying Accidental off, stuff. Carrying off, yeah. And this is more like players. You have, the, you have the opposing players who have been talking trash to the fans and the fans talking trash to them on the side of the field, up in the stands, right? They make a play. You go over there. You're getting some water and you look up and say something to them. Happens in the NFL too. And that can spill over in a heated rivalry game to the field. Now, we don't know whatever was said down there, but it happened so fast, and there's pandemonium uh, returning to Nealon. This is uh, Burton's reaction. And yeah, you can still see the video awful. up right now. The, the legends of Lindsey Nelson posted it, and I'm watching it on a loop right now over and over where 
I think he pretty obviously, you can see her head move. He kind of uh, almost pie face slaps her in the side of the head and knocks her head out of the way as he's passing. And I also want to make note that there's really no one within three feet of him right, yeah. or bothering him as he's walking off the field because I've heard a lot of this stuff about, you know, you get on the field and get in someone's face and taunt them after an emotional loss like that and you get what's coming to you. And I'm thinking, go watch that video. And tell me this young woman is harassing Jermaine Burton. Yeah, yeah, She's celebrating with her friends off to the side. I don't think she even sees him until he smacks her in the head on the way off the field. It's disgusting behavior. Let's be both nuanced and absolute when we talk about this today because seemingly no one can do that. Davey Hudson sent us a story where a guy named Steve, who's an Alabama fan, decided to tweet in response to the video I'm glad he did it. Should have knocked her head off. Not supposed to be on the field anyway. And some Tennessee fans uh, hit up Kell Incorporated, which is his employer. And uh, that gentleman has since been fired from his job. Kell Incorporated posted, Kell does not stand for or tolerate offensive or hateful comments toward any group or individual. We take this issue very seriously. And as a result, Kell and this employee have parted ways. After that guy tweeted that out. Good example that you shouldn't be a complete idiot on social media, uh, especially when using your name. I've heard from a lot of anonymous accounts, one that's a Vandy fan site and some Alabama ones that will just say that a Vandy fan was saying, oh, you know, dudes are body and girls every day and Tennessee fans are up in arms about this because some girl was trespassing and happened to get hit by someone, la-di-da, whatever. Let's be clear about this, okay? There are two separate things and two separate videos here. In one video, there is a male student, it looks like, that has got his cell phone up and he's videoing and maybe taunting Jermaine Burton as he's walking off the field. I think about as close as Paul Koharski got to Rodney Harrison at the Super Bowl when yeah. Rodney Harrison took, took issue with it. But Paul wasn't taunting him. He was trying to take a picture of him. But g- getting it close to his face and walking towards him, Jermaine Burton almost shoves the phone back into his face, okay? Not smart of Jermaine Burton, but understandable. If a dude is putting a phone in your face and taunting you, some student, and you're trying to get off the field, you might knock that phone out of his hand and keep walking. Something that if you're Nick Saban, you have a little conversation with Jermaine Burton, and you move on about your day. Tell and let's, and again, let's comment done. on that fan behavior also. You just beat them. Go celebrate with your people. Your, your time Correct. with their people is over. Yeah. Well, your time with their people in close proximity just started because yeah. you're getting off the field at the same time that they're coming on. Right. But so, don't make the case for the people against rushing the field. Rush the field to go well, celebrate again, with your people. I, I, we're, we're, we're showing some unexpected nuance here that people don't seem to have on social media, okay? On, on everything, every issue, there's no nuance. This is the nuance. Do that. I don't have a big problem with it on any team, any player, you know, okay, go swat the phone over. You can go pick it up and continue on and show that guy, hey, just don't do that as I'm leaving the field. You're going to take issue to it. But we're talking about two completely different things, really three completely different things here. What Jermaine Burton did in that video, by going out of his way to extend his arm in his hand to swat at the head of a female Tennessee student who makes a huge effort to sidestep him is disgusting. And he should be suspended for multiple games and probably arrested, quite frankly. 
I know that she told Trey Wallace that that's all she's going to, she confirmed it was her in the video, and that's all we're going to say right now. She may be pressing charges. I'm fine with her pressing charges if she does. I'm fine if she decides not to and just wants this to be over. She also. doesn't need to say she's uh, fine with it either way. Didn't suffer life threatening injuries no. like that, that photographer. No, right. but he did assault her. I mean, if yeah. he hit her head, he assaulted her. I don't think she's injured, you know, to any great degree. But again, I'm fine with whatever she decides to do in that instance. But Nick Saban and Alabama need to do something with Jermaine Burton because this is a terrible, terrible look. We haven't seen it. Of all the other Alabama players and all the Tennessee fans that were on the field, I haven't heard of a single big incident from a fan, from anything else. Jermaine Burton was involved in two. That's video. It's on video that we know of. Could be more on his way off the field. And one of them involved completely out of the way, swatting at the head of a female student Something needs to be done here. And for people to defend that and just do that, well, they're trespassing, they should be on the field. Look, I get that there's rules in place about charging a playing surface for a reason. It is dangerous. You know, when I'm, uh, we were watching it Saturday night, Hutton, and I'm thinking, I really hope someone doesn't get hurt by the goalpost when it was about to completely collapse, right? I'm looking at people well, underneath it. Yeah. And maybe this is the parent in me always looking at the worst possible scenario, but I'm thinking, don't fall down and no one get trampled. That's the first thing I'm thinking when that's happening, right? But that does not excuse, because people get excited and storm the field when the game's over, doesn't excuse a participant in the game to do whatever they want to someone on the field. No, the young athletes take heed of this moment and learn from it. Your responsibility at this moment, after suffering a tough loss, is to be composed and to exit the field of play in a responsible and mature way. Maybe even shake the hand of your opponent. But, uh, you know, barring that, exit the field and don't engage in this method. It is extremely difficult to say that knowing, I mean, how crazy things got immediately on the kick and how far the tunnel is from their visiting sideline. It's amazing to me. This is the only incident we've we've seen. Yeah. The right, last but you put your helmet last, on and you put your yeah, head down but, and I mean, you they, walk. They have a security guard for Nick Saban, and then you have you know Bryce Young walking off the with everyone else. Like there's, I mean, it it it, it gets crazy. Um, there, it's not like everyone's sober. Well, I'm not saying that the fans are innocent. By any means. I'm saying that it's on the players well, to it's on, deal with the circumstances of the it's moment. The, the, Certainly the fans need the to behave. And the players and the fans saying, in this instance are likely around the same age. Yes, the fans need to go cheer and celebrate their team and leave the other guys well, alone. Just, well, and that's what they were doing. And but, the other guys need to buckle their chin but straps part of cheering and in walk the stands to their... Is MFing the player number three on the visiting well, it should bench. Be. Yeah, it, it should be go celebrate with your guys. So there's culpability there. But, but if you're a things, player on the other team, buckle it, your chin strap and walk saying, to your locker All I'm saying is, if we're being real about the situation, part of the fan base in every road environment, I'm not talking about yeah. Knoxville, you are going all at the visiting team. You know, you know, oh, yeah. You're going, you're you're going for the throat. And then as you storm the field, you're not? Like, no, you that, are. that doesn't you make are. sense. You and, are. And again, that's why I wanted to specify between them because people are very confused because... There's a lot of people responding as if the video of him knocking the male student's phone away is the video. Oh, I'm yeah, thinking there's yeah. two videos here. Right. There are two, one guy, two instances. I don't have an issue with him knocking the phone out of the dude's hand that's putting it in his face. 
Look, if, if he would have trucked a male student that was talking trash to him on his way to the locker room, this is a different story. The dude reached out for no reason on this video and smacked the side of a girl's head who was celebrating with her friends. And she made a big effort to get out of his way. She took well, a big hop sideways. I don't sideways. think she saw him, Paul. I don't know if she was well, even Well, she took a big hop if, sideways anyway, yeah, whether she saw him or not. I mean, what? And, and, and I'm getting people responding saying, well, she must have been harassing him. She was and not thinking, harassed. What is that five foot two, one hundred and fifteen pound girl yeah. doing saying to harass to hurt this him. six foot one, two hundred and fifteen pound Alabama wide yeah. receiver? Yeah. Give you, me a break. You can tell that the whatever was said as he's going off the field is bothering him, and he reacts to this. And who who knows? But it's still no excuse Be to tough. do it. And he's very close to the to the tunnel at that point, anyway. Based on my recollection of seeing it this morning. And I'll, I'll pull it back up. Here, here's the other thing, too, to, to keep in perspective and what Saban's comments um, have to yeah, reflect. Let's get to these comments. So Saban, his quote is, I think it's a difficult situation. It's a difficult situation for the league. It's a difficult situation for all of us and that, that are in this situation. We certainly don't condone any mistreatment of anybody, whether they should or shouldn't be there. I think you've got to have respect for other people. Now, that's the... The, Is there the a quote, bot coming? Well, the, so there's more to this. But you have to keep in mind, this happens to Alabama and virtually no one else in the SEC. Yeah, who's being yeah. stormed who, right. when you win? Alabama has had the field stormed on six, uh, each of the six uh, road losses that they've had. Trey pointed that out, Since, too. Uh, the last six road losses, okay. uh, the, you're, the fans are on the field. And so they should be used so to they it. Should by be, now. Yeah, there should be well, some practice. You could be used to it. to it, but you change. I mean, Jermaine Burton wasn't playing for Alabama last year. So fair. fair. He, it's a new situation and it's happening every year. Um, I don't recall it happening in College Station, Chad, but I do remember thinking, man, this is a, it is hard to get out of here. And but if, you're, if say, you're a visiting player and you're the number one team at the time, it, you have to stay composed. That's part of it. And you're coached. You should be coached to stay composed. No doubt. The same way you should be coached not and to commit 17 penalties. Sure. And uh, they're good enough to overcome the 17 penalties. And all but Jermaine Burton should be presumed to be good enough Innocent. to yeah. be well coached. We're talking about like one they guy. Are, like they are. Um, but take, put in perspective, like this, is, this happens anytime Bama's on the road. I mean, it didn't happen. You know, it's not happening when Florida... When Florida was at Neyland, but it happens for Alabama for a reason. And by the way, good. Good for that. I love the field storming in this case. It's completely opposite this of someone taking off. This was the best taking, field uh, storming you know, I can the, remember. Taking off for it in some you know, uh, protest on Monday Night Football or during the Thursday game. Night Football during the game and having no idea what that one individual is doing. Um, but the, the commissioner with Greg Sankey, um, Chad, I'll pull up his comment yeah. in just a moment. Well, and it, again, we're talking about one person and two videoed um, incidents with Jermaine Burton and no other issues, which I think is pretty remarkable there are no other big issues. Right. Now, someone may claim something else was said or done later, but when that happens, I'm fully aware of the possibilities for things to go awry quickly. And that's why until this happened, I'm thinking pretty remarkable that both teams got off the field with no big issue, and there were no big injuries reported by anyone that was on the field. A student, adult fan, you know, coach, player, anyone, until this comes out. So here's Commissioner Greg Sankey. Quote, I don't think there's clarity around what's happened, but let's back up. 
this is not an incident, or excuse me, this is not an indictment of a fan base. We worked last week in advance of, and University of Tennessee Athletics program had a plan in place to manage. And then you have a last-second field goal and the emotion. But it goes back further. I'll go back to the mid-2000s when we first adopted a policy that's very clear. Stay off the field. And if there are field incursions, then there are fines and it escalates. That has not deterred people. Last year, we had three different circumstances when fans were on the field. We have warned that that creates problems. And then he goes on to mention, you know, the celebration is all fun and do it in the stands. But, you know, he could have also been commenting without seeing the video. Again, this isn't going to deter people either. $100,000 no, fine. I, I had a primary complaint about a that. A girl that, getting no. uh, hit like this. No. In a way that she's not dramatically well, hurt. It's not going to deter people. This idea that some, that you've got a, you know, 300 people working security. It's going to stop 100,000 people. That are getting 17 to $25 an hour that are there. I mean, I work security in college for a fraternity fundraiser. They gave me a yellow jacket, and I had no business where I was. <laughs> a baton and a, what do I say? I a was flashlight like and a middle sash. school kids I was like Project uh, X. <laughs> I was some scrub security guy for Alan Jackson one night. I'm thinking, if anyone wants to come on stage and go at him. I ain't stopping. I'm not going to die for Alan 99% Jackson. 99% of the people <laughs> are stopping anyone. Chattahoochee's a terrific song, but I'm not dying for they this guy. They are there for optics. And when you have 100,000 people that want on the field – Good They're luck with win. any rule you want to place right there. The the priority should be getting the 70 players that travel off, off the field. And then you're not going to have any issues. That, I, but, I, I agree. You're, right. no, you're, you're absolutely right in that the focus is wrong. And keeping yeah. fans off is a lot Go harder team. than getting te- a team Create off. a bunker around the, the, the team that's not celebrating right. and just get them off the field the same way you would Nick Saban. I like that idea. Use your security for that instead of trying to arbitrarily stop 70,000 people probably that's rushing onto the field at that point. But in no way way am I saying that that's the issue for what happened here. No. But I am am surprised it doesn't happen more often. And if you're going to point to, oh, we're we're fining people and they're going to continue to go up, fine Tennessee anything you wanted that night. Well, their president even said that. Randy Boyd is on video. Yeah. They turned him and said, what do you think about that $100,000 fine? And he's smoking a cigar saying, I'd do it every week if it meant this type of game and that type of win. I'm sure Greg Sankey hates that coming yeah. from the president of Tennessee, but that's the way everyone felt in the moment. It doesn't excuse Burton from doing this. No, no. And, and now Saban has a chance to send a message with any suspension that may happen after this circulates more or whatever. But, the, you know, the, even some papers in, in Bama are saying, you know, this is a chance for Saban to kind of get everything in order a bit. But it's, it is remarkable that we don't see this more often from them and how they handle these situations. When they know it's over, bam, everyone's off. Coming up, we get to the scoreboards. We'll uh, let the you brother, know. The batting brother, Nola, grounded out to third okay. off of his pitching brother. We'll get you ready for the evening as well with some big matchups. It's next to now Kick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. 
Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Phillies still lead the Padres 4-2. to two. It's now in the top of the fourth with two out. I'll kick 360, wrapping up Wednesday's edition. Big show tomorrow with Armando and Trey, Michael McHenry, and more. Guys, we had the poll, Outkick360 on Twitter. What should be Alabama wide receiver Jermaine Burton's punishment for hitting a woman on the field in Neyland Stadium? Hashtag Go Vols, hashtag Roll Tide. The poll right now. The leader right now is at 42% saying that he should be arrested, followed by multi-game suspension, 21%, one-game suspension at 19%, nothing at 18%. Post-arrest, we're very even. With the other three options, including nothing should be done to him. But only 20% say nothing. Everybody else thinks something. 18, 18% say nothing, which yeah. is last right now. So 82% of people think at, something has to happen. All 18% are Bama fans, is yeah. my guess. You For can chime sure. in at Outkick360. Paul, uh, you are very confident in your Yanks tonight. I am. I just have a feeling they're going to carry over. Uh, they just won two elimination games. I think they got good vibes going. I don't feel good about the series. I think the Astros are, 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 are probably a better team. Um, but, you know, to make it a good series, you got to win one of these two in Houston. And I think the Yankees will make it a good right series. Right before the postseason, I had this feeling that They're their gonna bats were going to – Yeah, and they did. They did yesterday. Now they've got, you know, their, their top pitcher going back to Houston. Here's the bet I just made, uh, Parlay. Yanks money line – um, home run for Matt Carpenter, who's starting in left field, and um, Jamison Tyone, two strikeouts or more. Outkick.com slash bet is where you can do in that. In baseball, the best team does not always win in a series. See the Phillies beating the Braves. Doesn't always happen. Braves are better. We'll talk more of the postseason tomorrow, plus tons of college and NFL football. Armando Salguero has been at the owners' meetings. We'll have details of all the background there. Outkick 360 starts at 2 Central, 3 Eastern. Please don't block the box, but lock your locks. See ya.